0: and he called me for special music either me or John Michael so it will be John Michael and me and Melissa and you If you will turn to 108 Amazing Grace and um, I suggest we sing the first stanza together and whatever stanza you like to read of two, three, or four you can hum it for the second time and then we'll sing together the last stanza is that okay? the first and last stanza we'll sing together and then you can hum one whichever you like in the middle, need some light, John. Mm-hmm. Look at each other and get started. <laughs> the past few months, I've thought a few times about subjects for a last sermon at Fox Valley Church. Um, I've dropped most of them, but this song here reminds me of the last sermon that I had in Washington before I came here seven years ago, and um, I chose then to speak of Thanksgiving, uh, counting your blessing, not just on Thanksgiving Day, but every day of the year, and especially as you turn a page and start a new one. So it's an attitude of gratefulness that uh, this song, Amazing Grace, brings us a little bit this morning. brings to me. And um, I want to bring this to you. The first Sabbath that I spent here, actually, I found found a lot of things as I'm packing. past few days, I've been finding a lot of stuff, and I'll tell you more about it later. But I found the, the bulletin of the first Sabbath that I spent here. It was Valentine's Sabbath on February 12, 2005. And um, it just happened to be a communion Sabbath. Paul Conner was here, Clint, Clint Shotwell was here, and somehow he gave me the pulpit so I could have a sermon. And um, I preached on Jesus knocking at the door uh, in Revelation 3.20. But it was communion, and so as I, as I considered that we haven't had communion for a while, and that, well, Fox Valley Church may not have um, for a while a pastor, and we, it would be a well well-spent day for us to close together with communion. And uh, so that's why I've asked John uh, if he would arrange this for us. The text for the communion service will provide a plan for a few thoughts, Uh, specifically the first and the last verse of the scripture reading will provide a framework to look a little bit at the past, at the future, and at the present. And um, that's a good thing to do as uh, we are celebrating this special meal together. Communion, um, the first Passover, was a meal that was taken before a trip. And it's a trip that we're continuing here in different directions, but uh, towards the same ultimate goal. And so that's a good way for us to do this. And the Passover that Jesus celebrated before um, the cross and the resurrection was also before a trip that would involve some separation, but then a re Union sometime later. So, if you'll forgive me, I won't be uh, very exegetical, but I'll be I'll be a little personal as I bring some thoughts from that text that was read in our hearing by Paul. First verse will provide the basis for me to look a little bit at the past. Um, it says, "For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread." the same night in which he was betrayed, that refers to, well, events that took place and refers to relationships that took place. It, really, it, really, it talks about all the relationships that Jesus had had over the past three and a half years of ministry and 30 years of life. And that's the good and the bad and the in-between. Over the past few days, I've been packing stuff, as I told you, and in the process, I have found so many things from my years here and from before I found the business card of the person that helped us to buy our house here in Nina. I found cards from members, both from here and from other places, from fellow members, brothers and sisters. Members from when you arrive in a church and everyone projects on you their dreams of success and salvation and all this. And then also when you leave and it's time to say goodbye. I found cards from... Young and old, paintings and drawings from the children when they <clears throat> draw a picture of you when you're preaching or something. I found sermon manuscripts from memorable series and programs that we've had on, on the gospel or on the purpose of the church and so on and so forth. And I also found some sermons that were less memorable, yet they were used and useful to those who came to receive something. I came across um, hopeful and... Innocent volunteer forms that were filled, and I found resignation forms. I I've found notes on various projects. Some of them were good, some of them were in between, some of them were not that good. But as <clears throat> I was at camp meeting a few weeks back, Tim Tillman was reminding me, you know what, we all do our best, right? We all do our best. I relived the excitement of, uh, of uh, a mission trip to Ecuador. It was something that I'd never been to South Africa. It was like, go there with you. And um, I have received uh, back, as I opened boxes of things that I hadn't opened for a long while, documents entitled, Prayer is the Key, or about the latter rain, or the Sabbath school quarterly, about the fruits of the Spirit, or evangelism, all kind of things that we've done together, that we've focused on for a while. I found nomination documents, countless board meetings, agendas, minutes, that, well, I just, I, I don't know that I... Keep them. I don't know that they are be important for that many people, you know. But that's part of maintaining a church going. I found um, so many things. Memorial cards from funerals. And we've had quite a few with people that that were old and passed away. Pictures I've looked at from many old directories. I noticed those that uh, were missing, that have uh, moved on to some other place. Those that have passed away. And I'm okay with all of them because I know that, They'll be okay, and they are okay wherever they are. Just as the way that I'm I'm going to be okay wherever I am, and we're going to be okay because the Lord is watching over us. A lot of history gone. And a lot of history, however, is good and remains here. I realized that uh, as I considered time that I've spent here and time that I've spent in other places, we are the same people in various locations. It's it's even the same pastor. You know, some, some pastor has some strength of this kind of, Another one has strength of a different type, but it's the same cycle when you arrive and peaks and then after that you, you go on to do other things and so on and so forth. Last week, I wanted to call Lauren Nelson and I even wanted to call a pastor that I never met, Pastor Riggs. I think he's in the South. I wasn't able to, but I wanted to compare notes because uh, it's, it's easy for a pastor to feel excited many times, but it also excited uh, something that you can feel, to, to feel like a failure or like you haven't done enough. You, you wish you had done more, so on and so forth. But I know, and I've been told, and I thank you for those that have told me this, that we've done well, all of us, under the circumstances. We've done very well in this in this earth here. We try to do our best, and the Lord helps us and blesses us. When I came <clears throat> um, on July 23rd uh, to the church here to announce that I had taken another uh, assignment, I was glad to read in the bulletin the words of Albert Schweitzer that were printed there on the front page that said, No ray of sunlight is ever lost, but the green which it wakens into existence needs time to sprout, and it is not always granted to the sower to live, to see the harvest. All work that is worth anything is done in faith. That was certainly part of Jesus' experience when he celebrated that Lord's Supper, you know. At Camp Pitch um, in June elder edge uh, president read a text message that he had received that morning from a former camp staff that was ending her year as a student missionary I believe in Korea or someplace abroad and she said in that text message it's not for me to determine how much of an impact I have had in my work here as a student missionary but it is something that I must look at that I have grown during my time here and I have she said like this student missionary and like each one of us here, we try to do our best, but we must make sure that during our time together with each other, each one personally grows. And I, I must say that I have grown thanks to the relationship that you have invested with me over the past years. I have grown, and I'm glad for this. I'm grateful for the privilege of ministry that you've given me for these years, both in easier and in more difficult times. I'm grateful for each visit that I have been able to make, both in the home or somewhere else, from my first visit at Eleanor's house before she passed away, hospital visits. I'm thinking of funeral homes that we've visited, funerals in the snowy plains of Lena up north, green cemeteries around here. I'm thinking of weddings and anniversaries and parties. In the weddings, I think of both those that worked and those that didn't work. doesn't matter to me. I just loved each one of those that were there that tried to just give a shot at life and have love. I'm thinking of baptisms, of babies that were born and dedicated. I'm thinking of emails with some humor when exchanging bulletin information, Jen. I just love those emails. I'm thinking of sitting down in the kitchen for a cup of coffee somewhere in Oshkosh or getting some grown, homegrown vegetables from friends. I'm thinking of being helped in my roof when you all came and helped my roof being put, my new roof, my first year here. I'm thinking of going on trips together, either to Indiana or, as I mentioned, to Ecuador or some other places. I'm thinking of men's breakfast that we had, Thanksgiving dinners and potlucks, or just sitting by, by the shore of the lake or, or sailing on or over the lake together with friends. I'm thinking of all these things that have been so wonderful, and I'm grateful for them, and I've grown through them into a better person. And all this I've learned a lot. I've loved more here than I believe anywhere else. Not because, well, I think it's part of age is part of it. When you get older, you you have more depth of some sort, and so I've loved more, I think, than anyone, than anywhere else before. And therefore, I must say that it seems harder for me to leave. I've learned that uh, love is something that you give out. You don't know if you'll receive it. Sometimes it's the people that you love the most that don't seem to reciprocate, but it, it doesn't matter. The love that you have still, I just can't eradicate it here and there. I love this church. I love each member that is sitting here today. And all those that you represent that are not here today, whether they are preaching in Sturgeon Bay or somewhere else, it's very hard for me to leave you. I will always carry you in my heart. That's what Jesus felt when he had this supper. I feel the same thing as I look back. I'm learning that small and large mistakes happen and that there is an ongoing need for forgiveness. And this is what communion is all about, leaving the the bad of the past behind in the black hole of the cross. In Viktor Frankl's um, uh, best-selling book, 12 Million Copies Throughout the World, Men's Search for Meaning, coming back from surviving four concentration camps where all of his family had been killed, Back in Vienna, after the war in 1945, Frankel refused to ascribe collective guilt to his former neighbors. He refused to hold fellow citizens guilty for claiming that they did not know what was going on in the camps, or even for having known but done nothing about it because they couldn't. What a great example from another Jew, from a modern Jew, to live that past behind it. Just let it be swallowed up in that black hole of the cross. As I look at the past... With the amount of emotions that I have invested here, a big part of me feels like I'm, I'm, I'm turning a page and I'll have a new one, but a part of me, big part of me is literally dying here, because I have invested so much in, not maybe in certain things that we would do in other places, such as great programs, but in the relationships. So I want to say thank you. and I want to say I'm going to miss each one of you big time, as I go to Southwest Wisconsin. That's to look at the past, and I know that it's not very biblical, but I think it's very relevant, at least relevant to me on my last Sabbath, to tell you how I felt and how I feel about that big chunk of time, many years that we've spent together here in the Fox Valley. The last verse of the communion text, verse 27, says, we proclaim his death until he comes. If all that was in the past was just going to be there and there was nothing to make it better in the future, that would be sad. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The second coming of Jesus talks to us as Adventists and as human beings of a future that's a good future, a better future when he comes. It may be a shorter section of the sermonette before we go foot washing, but it's a crucial one. The message of the cross of Jesus is that despite all appearances, death is followed by life. And figuratively, trials and difficulties can yield growth and benefits that outweigh them. And the ultimate benefit of Jesus' death is that we celebrate that we celebrate in that communion service, is that down here there is pain and there is mistakes and separations, but not so when Jesus comes. The world will be made perfect. In the return of Jesus, there is a blessed hope because when he comes, all who have died, and there's many that have died over the past few years, will be brought back to life, will be reunited with them. Also, those of us who are still alive will be reunited with friends that had to go different ways that we've missed. Southwest Wisconsin may still be in Wisconsin, but it's further away than Oshkosh or Appleton. When Jesus comes, separations will end. And even for people that somehow our human nature, I say we'll be glad to be apart for a little while, a little further, even in these cases, we will be transformed in our hearts in such a way that we will be able to better appreciate each other, we'll be able to better forgive each other, and to move on with love the way that we are intended to as brothers and sisters for all of eternity. And so this communion service is a celebration, not just of the history, the rich history, There has been, that stays here, but also a celebration of hope, of things better in the future than they've been in the past or even can ever be in the present. The coming of Jesus is that great event to look forward to in the communion service as well as every day. After a look at the past, the night in which he was betrayed, after a look at the future, we proclaim his death until he comes. The verse that comes after is the one that I would like to use as my last uh, sermon before I go um, to somewhere else to, ex- to express a challenge, to a word of challenge concerning the present. In that verse 28, we are being told, let a man examine himself, let a woman examine herself. And that's a, that's a, that's a very fit text before foot washing. And that's also a good text after foot washing. Having a conscious look at what we do and why we do it, and the impact around us of what we do. What Goldman and Schatzera call emotional awareness. Let a man examine himself. In my research for my doctorate, I have come across many books and theses that examine what they call the postmodern mindset. That's the mindset of people that are not church people. I realized only last week that this term is a term that's used only by Christians in Christian books, and what it, The translation for it would be, oh no, busted. We are busted, the religious people say. Things are not the way they were. People don't look up at us the way that they used to. Things are different. You bet they are. They're very different. We have songs that we sing and we don't think of them. But as we sing some of those songs, saving grace, sweet favor and sweet savor from the Lord, wondrous grace our hymns, our hymnals, many of our things are our steeples. And they think, can anyone with a brain still be in this? And it's not because there's nothing good in what we have. But it's the way that we have digged our graves many times by not living up to that. And so <clears throat> the great challenge that I would like to, to take myself and to leave here for my brothers and sisters in the church is the church does not, we don't need to be a church that does church better. We do church pretty good. We don't need to be more marketed or organized, though that can help. At the risk of being misquoted and misinterpreted, the challenge that I think the church has is not to be even more spiritual, to experience latter rain revival or any of these quote words that we have. I don't doubt that the voting committees that vote these kind of actions are well intended, but I don't know that that's where it is. No, at the risk of being misread, I don't think that we need to be more, we do need to have more of God's spirit, but we need more spiritual and all of this and all of that, mushy. Don't take me wrong, I do, I do know, I repeat that. We need more of God's spirit and more of affectionate, uh, loving affectionate for each other. But as I see it, the first and great challenge that we need to come up with as each man and each woman examines himself or herself, the great challenge for us church people is to become simultaneously more normal, and also more decent as human beings without too much of the religious gobbledygook that makes us stink in the eyes of others outside. I'll end up with the example of one person for that, who's not here anymore. I'm sure we have many others here as well. As we packed, my wife Connie found a card with three $2 bills. They're very special, of course. We don't find too many $2 bills too often. One of each one of these, one of these um, $3 bills for each kid. And you know who that was from? That was from Joe Berries, living in Berlin. Remember him? So the kids came to me and said, hey, look, we have a $2 bill. That's from Joe, you remember, the old man. I want to leave you with the example. I, I know that he's not perfect. He's not Jesus. He's not, he's a human being. But as I knew him, I want to leave with you the example of Joe Berese as a decent man, didn't hurt anybody, a good man, I like to become like him when I get older. He took in his loss with Mabel, and in so doing, as Kitsero says in his book, he became safe. He became safe for people to come to and to be with, just as they were. And I think that's our challenge and our task. That's our challenge. Forget about all that. Just be real. Before separating for foot washing... The last stanza of Amazing Grace refers to the thousands of years of happiness ahead. Melissa and John have, where are they, these two kids? They've prepared another song, and I need to come, you come here now. We'll close this before going to foot washing with, um, with a song that's many times I choose it for funerals, but it's a, a song of hope that focuses entirely on what's ahead, when Jesus comes back again. That's a sweet by-and-by song. Can we just sing one stanza and then the men go downstairs through the back door, I believe, and the women will go through the door here in the front to do foot washing and they will congregate back here within 10, 15, 20 minutes at most to close this service with communion. If you want to just look at the words, I think it's 428, I'm not sure, for that song, Sweet By and By, is it? 428. And there will be a song that I'll sing with hope that this day comes soon when Jesus comes back again. Just one stanza. our heads in prayer as Tony gives the thanks for the cup. Heavenly Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Sabbath day. We thank you for this celebration of communion, Lord. Let us look back and reflect on what you have done for us. And as we are about to partake of the wine, let us always remember that you willingly offered your blood for our sake so that we may be clean, so that we may be forgiven, Lord. And let us always yes. remember to look back and reflect upon that as we remember this service and remember what you've done for us. Amen. And we thank you, Lord, for all you've given us and all your blessings. And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. When that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just also as I am known. And now by faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. This talks about that face to face. The Old Red Cross is part of our experience here. It's the past. The future is at face-to-face. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for what you have made possible, despite all appearances in this world in which we have alienation from you and from each other. You have reconciled us to yourself and to each other. It's a long process sometimes for us to just work the details of it, but we want to thank you that as we have celebrated this formal meal, we have also had a glimpse of the way, that, the, the way that things are supposed to be, and that they are truly um, in heaven until we are there as well. Help us to live this day by day, to be close to you and close to each other, even as we go our separate ways. Bless this church. Bless each member, each person here in the pews. And keep everyone strong in love. And I pray... That you will be with all the leaders. And I pray you will be with Sam especially. Sam Bass. Over the next few months especially. I pray you will bless us all. And bring us to each other. Either here in Wisconsin or at camp meeting or sometimes. And certainly soon in heaven. And now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace now and forevermore. May the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be always with us. Amen.